Hi, and welcome to another episode of the official podcast of the WCD. There's a World Congress of Dermatology which will be held in Singapore in 2023. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. I am Dr. Etienne Wang from the National Skin Centre of Singapore, and I am your host for this podcast. In this podcast, I will bring on dermatologists and skin researchers from all over the world to talk about all things dermatology. And today, we have our resident co-host, Shashan, back to tell us a piece of dermatology news. Welcome back, Shashan. Thanks, Dr. Tian. Glad to be back. And what do you have for us today? Well, um, I thought it would be very interesting to look at uh, artificial intelligence in dermatology. I mean, nowadays you see technology and medicine, it's, it's a very fine line between the two. And I thought that artificial intelligence is something that's been talked about a lot more recently. Just last week, a friend of mine actually texted me talking about how Google has launched this AI application to help you find answers to common skin conditions. And the tagline there was, Sash, the computers are catching up. Beware. Yeah, coming for our jobs. <laughs> Yes, so I think it would be interesting to look at you know, how artificial intelligence has been used in the field of dermatology. I see. So Google has done it. There seem to be a lot of apps also before about melanoma detection and stuff like that. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. So in fact, one of the biggest studies was in 2017. This was actually a, a Nature, it was published in Nature. It was a team at Stanford that had trained an artificial intelligence program uh, to classify images of skin as either benign or malignant. And what was really amazing about this was that it achieved the accuracy of board certified dermatologists. So artificial intelligence itself is a science devoted to making machines think and act like humans. Now, within that, we have machine learning, which focuses on enabling computers to perform tasks without any explicit programming. And even within that, there's deep learning. Now, that's where a lot of these new advances lie. So in deep learning, you have a subset of machine learning, which is based on artificial neural networks. So almost mimicking the connections within our brain. So as dermatologists, I'm a dermatologist in training, part of our learning is looking at tons of images and histology slides, and which is fascinating because that's exactly what these programs are doing as well. These programs are trained to look at multiple images. In fact, the Stanford uh, scientists used 129,000 images to train this program to classify between malignant carcinomas versus seborrheic keratosis, and also between malignant melanomas and benign nevi. Yes, I mean, what is it? What is dermatology training other than? Uh, pattern recognition, right? So one day the computers, it's inevitable that they will do better than us at this. Exactly. But what do you think is the role of the dermatologist in all this? To a certain extent, there is a lot that uh, artificial intelligence can do, that a machine can do. But then there's also this component of clinical acumen, uh, taking, putting it into the context of the patient, thinking of the patient factors. For one example, we know that a lot of these studies looked at um, Caucasian skin. So for example, in patients of color or pigmented skin, um, the machines may not be able to perform as well. There's also uh, the patient's own history that um, the dermatologist needs to take into account. It's important to see it as a tool that works together, that could be used together with the dermatologist, rather than something that is used on its own. Yes, and exactly. And of course, the most important part is telling the patient a diagnosis. I don't think anyone wants a cell phone to be telling them they have melanoma. 
this this was what the the Stanford study looked at, and I think that was directed more towards clinicians um, and scientists. It's what's even more interesting is that the the Google app is actually directed towards laypeople, not dermatologists. And they make it a very clear point that on this Google app, they will not tell you what your diagnosis is, but they may tell you a few differentials or suggest a few things you can read up on based on what your skin findings are. So again, there they highlight the fact that it's not meant to be as an entirely diagnostic tool, but more of an aid for patients out there. Yes, and of course, to get thee to a dermatologist after that, Yes, exactly. 100%. Yeah, and of course, I think you mentioned earlier that with any AI or any machine learning, it's always rubbish in and rubbish out, right? So you have to make sure that your data sets that you feed into the algorithm or the program is absolutely impeccable. Yes. And as, as you can see for the Stanford study, they used thousands, almost 130,000 images. And the interesting thing is that once they have trained a neural network, this network can actually teach itself. So rather than us having to feed in new images, when patients search for these things or when a dermatologist uploads images, it can train itself using this ever you know, growing this evolving library of images to fine tune and improve the algorithm. That sounds all very exciting. And I hope it'll improve our clinical experience in the future and not take our jobs completely. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, all right. So now I'm going to talk to Professor Lim Yen Lu about medical education. Thank you, Shashin, for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay, and now joining me is Professor Lim Yen Lu, who's a senior consultant at the National Skin Centre of Singapore, and she's the current Secretary General of the WCD 2023 Congress. And she's also the past president of the Dermatological Society of Singapore and clinical lead for medical education at the National Skin Centre. Hi Yen Lu, welcome to the podcast. Hi Etienne. Hi, so just a quick question first. What is the Dermatology Society of Singapore? Um, Dermatological Society of Singapore, or DSS in short, is Singapore's National Society for Dermatologists. However, of course, we do have members who are not accredited dermatologists, but have interest in dermatology, example, our general practitioners and dermatology residents. The society serves to promote and advance the knowledge and practice of dermatology through national, regional and international corporations. Oh, just like the WCD. Yes. Apart from the coming or impending WCD 2023, DSS had organised the 22nd International Pigment Conference in 2014, 22nd Regional Congress of Dermatology in 2016, the 9th Regional Scientific Meeting of Pediatric Dermatology in 2018, and of course, um, the coming 25th World Congress of Dermatology in Singapore. Wow, so the WCD seems to be your biggest project yet. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's an understatement. Is everyone excited about WCD? I know the DSS was also involved in WCD bid. Yes, definitely. We are indeed very happy and honoured to be chosen as the city to host this significant pro congress. After the euphoria of winning the bid had settled, we organised ourselves within the National Organising Committee and started planning together with Triumph, our PCO partner. Hmm. You're the clinical lead for medical education at NSC. So you're involved in a lot of, of educating medical students on dermatology? Uh, yes, I'm leading a team in the education of our undergraduates from all three medical schools, namely the Yong Lulin School of Medicine, the Lee Kong Chen School of Medicine, as well as the Duke NUS students. Mm. So all three medical schools send their students to National Skin Centre for their two-week, one to two weeks uh, undergraduate uh, teaching. 
Oh, just like all around the world, there seems to be not enough medical school teaching for dermatology. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I, I do know that some centres or some universities do not even have dermatology in their undergrad program, uh, whilst others may just have about a week. We are quite fortunate in the sense that in Singapore, at least, uh, it is uh, two weeks in most of the schools. Hmm. And what has the impact of the pandemic be- been on uh, medical education in NSC? I think it is probably something which everybody actually experienced. I mean, in the beginning of the pandemic, of course, in the thick of it, we don't accept medical students to this, to our institution, and therefore much of the learning has to be online, you know, from not knowing anything about Zoom to really being really proficient in, you know, conducting a lecture online, and that is what uh, we have been through over the past uh, one year. Hmm. And do you think there are any lessons from this period, this pandemic, that you think can be implemented for the future? I think definitely. I mean, from medical education point of view, um, I think it's always very important that we um, think ahead, you know, should there be another pandemic or another situation where face-to-face teaching or learning cannot occur, we must adapt quickly and, you know, change our curriculum such that our students are can still continue to have education. Yeah, I think a lot of online courses and teledermatology has actually improved during this pandemic and we can actually bring this into the new normal of our um, clinical practice and medical education. Yeah, certainly. I mean, of course, there are limits, limitations uh, with regards to online te- teaching and learning. There are certain things that we do. Uh, I mean, we do know that students would uh, benefit from if there is face-to-face teaching, like example, you know, taking a history, you know, how do you deal with patients' concerns? This may not be actually something that we can teach on an online course or online teaching. Mm. Yeah, I think we'll be finding ways around this. I mean, for the even for the yes. WCD itself, it might be a mixed kind of conference. Do you think that's going to be the case? Yeah, I kind of strongly believe that it's going to be hybrid, um, both virtual as well as face-to-face. The only question now is how big the audience or how big the audience we can actually accommodate. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sure we're all looking forward to the WCD. So thank you, Yen Lu, for coming on my podcast. Yeah, thank you, Etienne. Nice to speak to you. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also find us on WCD2023Singapore.org for more information. That's our website. And also on Instagram at WCD2023Singapore. Until next time, stay safe and use sunblock.